0: Welcome to Fright Night. <laughs>
1: oh.
2: For real. Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Len. And welcome back, Bob from Immunities. Hello. This is Minute 23 of Fright Night. It begins with Ed giving Charlie a cross to Bear, and it ends with hammer Time. So, Ed gives uh, Charlie a tiny golden cross, and he says, start with this. So I was like, oh, what's up with the cross? Why, Why the cross? Like, some of these things like vampire rules, you're like, yeah, it's just because because it's been in like a hundred movies, but, but why? I can, I guess before you say,
0: please, please do. I would say because it's a holy symbol. I would think that vampires inherently are evil or demonic. And Christ is the opposite of that. So that I that would be my guess.
2: It's it's related to that. It's mostly because in the beginning Christ was often called Chris and then when he got kind of uppity they started calling him in Christ. So like that extra T really bothers vampires. Oh, I'm so glad I got a hiss. I, I've been really just working towards that. No. <laughs> this actually um, comes back. We have Brand Stoker's Dracula and the history around the original Dracula. So he originally went to fight the Turks, which were basically the Muslims, uh, to defend the Orthodox Church. And his wife, Elisabetta, Elisabetta? uh thinking he died in the war killed herself and so when he comes back from the war he learns that the church he has been defending actually condemned her soul to hell so he just like damned them rejected god and embraced evil and i guess that's how he became a vampire uh, right you know um and so stoker used the cross because the vampire was an agent of satan but it has been used uh, a bit in folklore before that because uh, you know, the Legend of the Vampire really got started in Eastern Eastern Europe, which was uh, a Christian region. And the local folklore suggested that Christian symbols were the best defense against any sort of supernatural threat, be it uh, vampire, which is, I don't know, Wendigo, <laughs> Nessie. Uh, so that's pretty much what I have on that. I think I, I heard somewhere,
1: and I can't remember if it was in the original Dracula or somewhere else, Like some, like just somebody doing a very pithy... Like it's the fact that it's a symbol of sacrifice of like the sacrifice of life for the sake of goodness is what does it you know because like vampires have sacrificed goodness for the sake of inter- eternal life and uh-huh. you know, the cross is sort of the opposite of that right something like that
0: oh that's so I don't
1: know if that's a clever thing somebody came up with later but it's definitely something I read somewhere
0: either way it's clever I like it a lot mm-hmm. uh, this movie has one of the best uh, uses of a cross uh, but that's uh, no spoilers we'll get to that uh, much later in the film but. Mm-hmm. What it does to Evil Ed is pretty is pretty awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's some really iconic lines in this film centered around what evil Ed is about to say about this cross. You have to have faith. Yeah, yeah.
1: They set up their that's their I think that's their new rule, right? Like that uh, that's like the fright night addition to the thing that has then been carried forward by other things. And you know, and they yeah they plant it here and then they repeat it like as necessary so that you remember that
2: right. I went and did some research about, like, w- w- do you need faith for a cross to work and, like, do you need to be a Christian for a cross to work? Right. What does a Jewish guy do if – uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so I found this website, godsandmonsters.com, and they had, like, lots of different discussions about that. And, uh, you know, it's obviously – it's not, like, a definitive thing, but I like their ideas here. Um, And they said basically anything could be used to ward off a vampire as long as you have faith that it will. For example, Catholic priests use crosses when performing exorcisms because to them the cross has a strong spiritual meaning. Uh, They use these symbols to personally connect with their higher power, in their case God – um, other religions use other symbols such as uh, there's you know, gemstones, star David, uh, you know even the pentagram. Each physical manifestation manifestation of these symbols, such as holding an ancient an actual cross made of wood is what Native American tribes would call a totem. Uh, a totem could be any object, uh, a rock, a cross, uh, something drawn, that has a strong, specific spiritual meaning to the user. In, in every case, it's not the symbol itself that is important, but the user's connection to the symbol that matters. If you only believe that an emerald stone will ward off evil, then a cross will do you no good at all, even if it works for somebody else. <laughs> mm-hmm. They kinda continue here, like the question becomes why use a totem at all? It's mostly a psychological tool. Even the most devout of humans is going to have doubts when faced with a dark creature who intends them harm. Having a totem in hand helps us feel secure and know that the power we believe is there with us, you know, using this. So uh, it's kind of like Dumbo and his feather (laughs) That
0: gets a little too For me just in the the realm of vampire lore Because there's been so many Variations over the years I think that explanation is really cool But it's also a little bit Too gray area for me I like the (laughs) white idea of Um, You know, the cross being important because of the uh, spiritual um, history of it. But I I wonder, what if a Jewish guy was uh, bitten by a vampire and turned into a vampire and then someone tried to use the cross on him? Uh, I, I get the faith there. part but what if jewish guys like i, I don't believe in jesus man this actually, <laughs> actually happened. happened in a movie yeah
2: go ahead yeah
1: that was in uh fearless vampire hunters the roman polanski film <laughs> where he's like well i won't do the voice that he does but he's like have you got the wrong vampire <laughs> when <they pull> <laughs> under
0: him. uh funny and i've seen that movie a bunch of times maybe that's why the idea was in my head no kidding yeah
1: and I, I like the fact that they add the faith thing in this just because I think it'd be in, like, in the 60s and 70s movies, it would become a little mechanistic. Right. Like, you know, sort of, you know, a guy will just cross two swords or, like, it'll have just happen that a shadow will be in the form of
2: a cross. And, right. then like,
1: you know, the, the vampire will be trapped or whatever. Doesn't you know what Van I'm Helsing
2: so like, go for, like, a couple of candlesticks? He just crosses in front of him and just immediately there's a cross there. Almost certainly. You
1: know, and basically in the sorts of films that, you know, that Peter Vincent was in, you know, that they're making fun of here, you know, they're uh, – so they're probably trying to, you know, kind of outstrip that a little bit, mm-hmm. yeah, by adding this rule.
2: Yeah, I guess the only reason why I kind of enjoy the uh, the whole Dumbo's, Dumbo's feather of it all mm. is that I don't know. It seems like okay. So if it's a Christian cross that works, and that's that's what works, then that kind of disproves other people's religions, and I don't know. <laughs>
1: I mean, well, it could I, I, be a thing where it's like it has to be maybe it, it, it's like a double thing that it has to be a symbol that both you and the
2: vampire recognize. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Like if you're if it's a vampire like hates tacos and you're like here here's a burrito or <laughs> here's a taco <laughs> supreme you're like no it wasn't the specific example I was thinking of <laughs> maybe I'm just thinking of food because uh, my next thing is uh, is Ed's delivery of then get some garlic which I just love the delivery <laughs> and and looking over at Charlie and how he's just like this wide-eyed child listening to, it, to everything <laughs> and it's funny because in the script uh, he says then get some wolf's bane and then Charlie goes what and then he goes forget it then get some garlic <laughs> And so uh, I had to look, why garlic? And this is from garlicshaker.com. Garlic was long believed by people from the southern Slavic regions, including Romania, to be an effective ward against evil spirits. So anyone who feared garlic or displayed an intense aversion to it was automatically suspected of being a vampire. During the early Victorian era, when fear of witches and vampires were prevalent, traveling vendors out to make money by fear-mongering promoted garlic as the ultimate weapon for keeping vampires away. As a result, people started (laughs) to wear garlic like a necklace every day because they knew that vampires drank blood from the neck. One of the several, one of several unusual mental illnesses tagged as a symptom of vampirism was allium phobia, or simply uh, fear of garlic or, or other kind of pungent plants like onions or chives or shallots. Their intensity of, of fear of garlic varied from simple disgust uh, or aversion to full-on panic attacks that included shortness of breath, rapid heartbeat, rapid breathing, sweating excessively, dry mouth, and nausea. <laughs> so it's a real phobia. Uh, and uh, they said it's uh, it was first used in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. He says, many people believe that the idea of garlic as a deterrent to vampires began because they suck blood like mosquitoes do. And garlic is often used to uh, repel mosquitoes uh, ah. during the Bram Stoker era. So he goes on and he says, holy water, get a priest to bless it. And uh, that's the usual, like, you know, holy water p- blessed by a priest, which uh, mm-hmm. which purifies the water and so uh, uh the vampire is burned repelled or destroyed in much the same way as if he was in sunlight because it's all about purification it's all about driving the darkness out mm.
0: best uh best use of holy water in a horror movie mm-hmm.
2: i'm asking if you have if you uh, have. the
0: first one i think of is in
1: um uh dogma <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yeah? where
1: they, they turn to the, the last you know to the the woman who's like descended from christ and they're like bless the sink bless the sink and she's like <laughs> crosses it and then they just turn the water on and spray it at these demon things that are there.
2: <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot about
0: that yeah the last scion i think she was called yeah 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 uh, i,
2: I, I re- immediately think of super soakers from the lost boys
0: <laughs> yeah man super <laughs> soakers and the
2: bath- All right,
0: filling up the bathtub. yes tub. very cool yeah that's my favorite for sure
2: uh mm-hmm. yeah Now, how about how about Salem's Lot? Uh, I I have a note here. It says, you know, one of the more creative ones was that holy water vials of holy water will actually be used as a detection detection device. They'll they'll start glowing when vampires are nearby.
0: Right, that's pretty cool too. Mm -hmm.
1: The uh, in the comic book realm, there's this series of comic books that Alan Moore did called Top Ten, which are actually some of my favorite. Which is about a city. I think it's New York. Or it might just be a generic city, which is just all superheroes. So you have superhero cops who are sort of keep trying to keep order in the uh, amongst all these superheroes. And at one point, in uh, there's sort of a prequel in which, like, it's the '50s and like vampires are going to attack. And I won't give away exactly what their resolution is, but it involves. Like this Joan of Arc type character with a holy sword and she's like by where the city's main water supply is and (laughs) basically turns the entire thing to holy water.
2: (laughs) There's other uh, religious symbols. Well, the one that kind of stuck out to me because I haven't really seen it in the movie, but you can use communion wafers because they're blessed. And back in the day, they'd actually put like a communion wafer between the lips of a dead person to make sure that Mm -hmm. they wouldn't rise from the dead. Yeah. So Charlie says, that's it. Which uh, (laughs) – this is the thing that makes me think about their relationship and uh, what is implied and what has actually gone on. Like you just think that if Charlie and evil Ed are like super fans of horror movies that Charlie, it's just be like, Oh yeah, of course. Charlie would just be like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I should have thought of that. Or, or, or at least going, okay, but is that going to work? You know, instead it's as if he's kind of hearing these rules for the first time. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I mean I think he's just in panic mode so right. he probably knows all this stuff his his mind is scrambled right now That's but awesome. also in Charlie's defense is that it I gave you 8 fucking dollars man. <laughs> <laughs> tell me something I don't know yeah
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah I kind of reason it Kind of the same way you did Len Uh, I'm thinking he's going to add to review Everything he's low on sleep He's scared to death he's not thinking Correctly Uh, you know uh,
1: And what is he expecting I mean It's not like Ed is the Vatican librarian Or something like that he's just (laughs) like you know The fan of the same stuff that he's already a fan of That's great
2: uh, funny enough, in the novelization, they actually cut all this out. And this mm. is when I was thinking about maybe this was based on a previous draft. When Charlie asks him for help, he tells him that he knows what to do unless he's forgotten all he's learned over the last four years. And, mm. and implying that they've been friends since like junior high, watching monster movies together. Yeah. And he's so angry about the whole being ignored for Amy thing that he doesn't go over any of the rules. He kicks Charlie right out and, you know, just tells him to take a hike and. And so it's like Charlie knows the rules already, and Ed doesn't want anything to do with helping him. Gotcha. Well, I guess also in a novel, you don't need to, like,
1: exposition the rules out loud as much as you do in a movie, probably.
2: I was thinking, like, in the final draft of the script, Tom's like, all right, not everybody's going to know the vampire rules. So (laughs) even if it's silly to have two horror nerds review pretty simple rules. (laughs) Yeah, so he says, uh, that's it. And then he says, "I'm, I'm afraid so. In the script it says, uh, of course they can change into wolves and bats at will and I don't know what you'll do about that. But your pr- best protection right now is that you know they can't enter without invitation. But it's funny they kind of cut that one out too. Given that we're going to see it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of funny. It's just like, yeah, I don't know what you're going to do about that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the invitation thing, I, I wanted to save till tomorrow. but So we'll get into that tomorrow i just love how serious and studious uh ed looks at charlie as he's exiting the room but as soon as charlie leaves just ed just starts cracking up just like what the heck was that (laughs) (laughs) another reason why this room might not be dressed very well this was uh the last scene for stephen jeffries um so maybe Ah. they were just like all right wrap it up (laughs) We'll just put a few Ooh. things in this room And uh, get this scene done So uh, I just want to mention Steven did study at NYU And from before being cast in this He was coming from a Broadway musical Called The Human Comedy uh, For which he was nominated for a Tony Really? Yeah And uh, he wasn't a horror or comic fan And to just kind of get in the mood For this whole thing uh, He hung a huge poster of El- Elvira In his uh, hotel room <laughs> mistress of the dark yes sounds like a great idea and so the minute ends with charlie hammering his window shut and testing it Did you guys have anything else for this minute
0: uh all i wanted to say is that there's no way in hell my parents would have slept through me hammering nails in the goddamn (laughs) and they would have beat my ass for it
2: oh uh judy's not sleeping
0: no, 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 she's not. No, you're right. <laughs> so that might explain why he's just kind of like tapping.
1: You know, he's not like doing like full on, uh, full on hits with the hammer. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, definitely a good point.
2: All right. Well, I uh, think anybody else got anything else after that?
1: Um, no, nothing for me.
2: All right, uh, Bob. You want to let people know uh, where they can find you and what you're what you've been up
1: to? I've been up to uh, making immunities, which is my uh, sci-fi. Horror Audio Drama Podcast and you can find us at ImmunitiesDrama.com and wherever podcasts are subscribed to.
2: Check it out. Um, and uh, we'll put a stake in this one for today. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at fright night Men. Send your feedback to fright night Minutes at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, I'm Robin. I'm Leonard. I'm Bob. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a Fright
0: Night, everyone. He's a vampire. A what?
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're so cool, Brewster.